to the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. The first, the first thing I want to do, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just share what I've, what I believe the Lord has been showing me about the last few weeks of worship since the beginning of the year. Okay, uh, including this morning. If we don't get past it, we don't get past it. Yes, I have a lot of content, but it's important to take the time because what I what I feel God has done is. He's shown me prophetically some things about 2024, and, and I want to share those. They were hitting me from the second week of worship as I was watching the, the congregation and also up here some myself. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all know who Alvaro's son is, Ezekiel. He's a little dark-haired young man who runs around with a Jesus doll. He's incredibly precious, but he was kneeling. He was down on the floor earlier with his hands on the ground, and, and I, I caught his attention, and he goes, I was just bowing to him, and I, I mentioned that to his mom, and his mom goes, oh, yeah, he said earlier, I heard his voice. Did you hear him, mom? And I'm like, "Woo!" <laughs> like, what? You know, this environment is so nurturing because we, we have this theme, and it's a reality, and, and the love and the joy that work in conjunction with one another in this house will nurture you, it, it'll, it'll bring healing, it'll open doors and opportunities for you to walk on your high hills and for your feet to be like Hind's feet and jump from those little ledges to little ledges higher and higher. So about the worship, if we could put up the scripture, uh, I just really feel strongly about the worship that it's like the days of Jehoshaphat. It's Second Chronicles twenty eighteen through 22. And, and basically, Jehoshaphat was king of Judah, and he was dealing with some, some older enemies for the Hebrew people. When they came out of Egypt, they didn't deal with everybody. God gave them victory over a lot of people, but they were moving into the promised land, and there were, there were three groups there uh, that stood against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, and they had come from history. They had come from a time where they bypassed these enemies, and God had not allowed them to make war with them and get victory. There was a lot of fear in regards to the Israelites because the people around knew that they walked with God. And, and when, the, when the enemy knows you walk with God, there's a fear there on, on his part. But the manifestation is human reactions to you and to your, your group. So I'm going to read these scriptures uh, in verse 18. It says, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some of the Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised God, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and they set out, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness. <laughs> we had a word come forth this morning about holiness. It's Jesus' holiness, right? It's Christ giving it to us. As they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Verse 22, as they begin to sing, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Can you say amen? Okay. So our worship from the beginning of the year, what, what I believe the Lord showed me is that the worship has gone forward 
into the whole year of 2024. The way you worship, God sees it, and it's at the head of the army, and it's already released breakthrough for the whole year. In 2024, he's setting ambushes against the, the forces of depression, against anxiety and sleeplessness, against the forces and the spirits of suicide, lack, addiction, sickness, hopelessness, and fear. He's setting ambushes against pride, fatigue, and much more. I also believe that this is a divine year for shackles to be broken that have been there for a long time. I've been in church since I was a, a baby, basically. You know, had no awareness at the time, but I, since a baby, right? Memories from five and six years old and beyond. And, and, and through all the seasons, God has given me the grace to stay faithful to church attendance uh, in different congregations with different pastors and leaderships. But I've sat there before in the chair and I've had seasons where I did not have full freedom where I watched a person next to me or we did the meet and greet and the, the joy in my heart was subdued. Where the, the light had a bushel over it and I didn't have full freedom. So that's a specific word right now to some of you that are sitting there and you're listening to that and you're going, does he mean that? Does he mean that thing? Does God, is God pointing to that thing right now and saying that there's freedom in 2024? And, and that's a divine word that you need to grab a hold of because it's being released from the heavens prophetically. As the worship happens, see the children and the youth and the flags, the, the head of the army is the worshipers and as the praises go up and the, the simple phrase, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever, is releasing breakthrough. It's releasing breakthrough, yeah. There's a hand up back there. It's releasing breakthrough right now. So that's, that's just... That's just, that's not the sermon. That's just, this is what God has shown me about the worship. The way we, the way you worship, it's, it's an aroma. It's, it's a fragrance. It goes up into the heavenlies and it moves the heart of the father. Is this, is this amazing or what? We have the ability to engage the heavenlies and move the heart of God. I mean, us that are a little lower the angels, you know? I mean, it's just amazing. So you can move the heart of God, and that's what we've been doing, and I believe 2024 is just, many are gonna come into a season that they've longed and hoped for. Some that God has told you about, and he's made, he's made it clear through his word, his prophetic word to you, and others are gonna come into a season that their heart had longed for, but they didn't have a grid on how to process it in their natural mind. And, and that's the expectation that I have for this year. Amen? All right, so that was, that was the worship, just, just a word on worship. Uh, I'll, I'll move into, into the, the text now and the sermon, but what I want to talk about is, is navigating tough seasons. And, and Jeremy started, uh, the last two weeks he's been ministering on learning how to deal with and endure during suffering and pain. Were any of y'all here for that? So, so he, he kind of he opened the door for it to be okay. One of the best things that I compliment, I was like, uh, I said, man, I'm so grateful that you were able to stand up there and just say, I don't always have all the answers. 
that's the pastor of the church, you know? Because I think sometimes there's a lot of pastors that are afraid to say that, you know? They're afraid to say, I don't have all the answers. Because we don't have all the answers. But tough seasons come and go. Just like the rising and setting of the sun. Amen? Genesis 8, 20 and 22. This is after the flood. So Noah's been on this ship for a long time with these animals and his family, and they finally land. You know, he sent out the birds. They've come back. They know there's dry land. They land, and they exit the ark. Now think about just what's going on for this family. The whole world has been exterminated. All of creation exterminated. In fact, God actually wanted to just wipe everybody out, but he just decided there was one righteous, and he singled out that family to save mankind on the earth. So he gets off of this, this boat with his family and all these animals. Now, I don't know what you would have done, <laughs> but there's horses on this boat. I would have saddled up a horse and been out of there, you know? I would have just taken off with a lamb for meat later down the road. I mean, you've been with the smells and the, the, possibly the grandkids crying, but Noah decides to build an altar to the Lord and take some of the clean animals that had been They'd already been prepared for, and the first thing that he does is he sacrifices burnt offerings to the Lord. And in in chapter 8, verse 21, it says, The Lord smelled this pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of their heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures, as I have done. And then this is really our our crux of, of the of the message this morning. Verse 22, it says, as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they will never cease. If you think about that, that's a Texas scripture. If you've ever, if you're ever looking for Texas in the Bible, (laughs) where is the fall and spring? Where is the, where is the warm and the cool? It's just, uh, yeah, so that's, that's Texas in the Bible. If you were looking. But what I really want to focus on is the sowing and reaping. It's basically as long as the earth endures, here's some things you can count on. Seed time and harvest or sowing and reaping. Cold and heat, you don't really participate in these things other than turning on the air conditioning or global warming. Summer and winter, Californians and Floridians don't even know what these words are. Uh, But we welcome our transplants from those states. And then day and night. And what have we really done to affect day and night other than mess it up with daylight savings time? Someone said it before. I, I like it. So can you, can you sow your way out of a bad season, out of a tough season, after a season that gets you down, discouraged, maybe a little depression sets in, despair? I'm being real because these are realities of, the, of our life. I mean, these are the realities. If you go the distance and God blesses you with 80 or 90 years, you are going to experience some very difficult seasons in your work, your relationships in church, <laughs> in your church walk, you're going to experience some tough seasons. And, and the reason I'll focus on sowing and reaping is because it undergirds all of your natural walk, whether you realize it or not. That principle is a principle that will last until the earth passes away and the new heaven and new earth come. So you're, you're, you're not even locked in because locked in has a negative connotation. You're in that principle because God desired for you to walk 
into seasons of sowing and reaping and for heaven to meet earth and manifest through that process. Before we get to like, oh, that's Old Testament. Well, let me ask you, if I said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty, would you agree with that? Raise your hand if you agree with that, right? Now, today's Sunday. Now, who's going to work tomorrow morning? Some of us are going to work tomorrow morning, right? Okay, so you're sowing into work or a business or a field or hourly job, whatever it might be, you might be a contractor, to reap a, right, ACH, right, the direct deposit. But what happens when the process doesn't work and the season stalls out and it becomes incredibly difficult? And this is not a sermon about finances or money. This is about your resources and your time. What happens when, when you're sowing, but what you're reaping does not match the seed? And you, you, you begin to drag a little bit because you, you kind of lose heart and lose faith in this sowing process. I'm looking at my good friend Jonathan because they decided to get wild and move from the suburbs to a farm in Greenville. And, 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 and the sowing has changed a lot. He not only still sows to a job and reaps a paycheck, he also now has animals, and him and his wife have, what do you have, cows, chickens, horses, and, and if the sowing is not done, things get really bad really quick. So he, he, he's a farmer now. So yeah, he's the one with the big cowboy hat over there. There's a few cowboy hats in the room today. This process of sowing and reaping, as we go about it through our normal lives, we sow into work, relationships, our church, our neighborhood, we sow into our own health. You sow into your own health. You're gonna reap a lot of times what you sow into your own health. Um, I, I, I've experienced that firsthand, you know, with, with different issues, not taking care of an old meniscus that didn't get, you know, repaired surgically and then later on having to deal with it. So you sow into your health. But God loves to, he loves to break into the atmosphere. He loves to break into your natural life and show his glory by making it work the way he said it should work from the beginning. He wants to authenticate himself to the world for, for the Father's glory by engaging those natural processes and showing that they are what they're supposed to be. So I'll just share, uh, I'll get vulnerable and real. I, I just, I love testimonies because they reflect what God is doing and they also reflect our own history with him. They speak of longevity. They speak of his faithfulness, that scripture for his love endures forever. You gotta go a while till you start seeing that. You gotta walk a little while before that comes reality. It's like the disciples. When Jesus did his first miracle, they were following him, but after the first miracle, they believed. That's, that's in scripture. They, they were following, but they believed. So you gotta go a while before his love endures forever starts to become a reality. And you look back at these, benchmarks, these times and seasons of your life, and you go, Jesus, oh man, oh, Jesus, <laughs> oh yeah, and then you start, and you get, oh yeah, that was Jesus, and then the celebration and the party, and you're like, oh, that was definitely Jesus with the water and the wine, you know, so you start looking back, so I love testimonies, and I also love current testimonies. If you're sharing a testimony, I want to hear one from your, your infancy with Christ, and then I want to hear one from next week, from last week, okay? Because that's relevant and it's real and it's, 
Does that make sense? It's now. Because I, I need it now. For today. I need, I need the testimony for today. So in the fall, uh, starting in, probably, I probably had the, the most tumultuous Q4 in, in, in business ever. I worked for myself for a long time. I run a small service company. We have seven employees. And Allison has been starting to work with me, so she, uh, Lord bless her, she, she's been helping me more and more, and the person who was helping us, the admin, they felt like the Lord was moving them to a different place. And she's worked with me a few times, so she's, she's starting to see more about the business and just what it entails, and we've been in the office together multiple days. Fortunately, it was just a few hours at a time so she could acclimate, and uh, Allison's like, Israel, you're the most ADHD person I've ever been around. Now, to give you context, my wife has been a therapist for like 20 years, okay? So that's a professional going. She was like, you do not get one thing done, you know? And I was like, honey, but I do like 70% of more tasks than anybody out there, you know? She's like, that's not how it works. We're going to lock in. So, so because she was able to see and walk with me, uh, she had intimate knowledge of what was going on in the business, you know? It, we had the worst month we've had in four years in September, numbers-wise. Revenue just whoop, dropped off. I had to write off thousands, lots of thousands, not a few thousand, lots, many tens of thousands of dollars in bad debt because some of my clients went out of business. Other ones stiffed us. We're trying to, you know, get it. But if you run a business, you know that's a little painful, you know. We had a client that went out of business, and he ended up, he, I mean, he ended up strung out on drugs, you know? I couldn't get a hold of him. He, he, he didn't pay his employees for two months. It was a very large plumbing business. So that was a blow. Another guy was a construction company. His wife was sick. He went out of business. So that's money you were just never going to see. You know, a lot of money. Still got to pay employees, still got to pay insurance, et cetera, and we're a little undercapitalized. So uh, I started just to spare. I, I got a word, and it was a little bit, I took it the wrong way. It was a little negative. And, and then we lose three of our top 10 clients for no fault of our own. I mean, one of the clients, you know, let's just call it the burrito store, okay? Brown sign, you can guess. We're servicing every one of those in North Texas. And, and that's the plumbing guy that goes out of business. So not only do the leads of the client, we also got hit for all that bad debt, right? We had to write it all off. The next client we lose, another top 10, big orange store, constructive, uh, construction vendor. You would know the name. You can guess, right? Orange signs all over the place. We lose them. We call them there out of Houston. And you know what they say? They say, well, it's not the service. You guys are awesome. But you're, re you're repairing too many of the problems. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, well, we want to replace all these big ticket items. That's where we make our big money. And, I go, and we go, well, they don't need to be replaced. They're like, we don't care about that. We want to replace them because that's where we make our forty dollars and $100,000 tickets. And you guys keep telling the client they can be repaired for a lot less. And we don't like that. So we're going with a different provider. And you start to look at the stars in the heaven, which you're supposed to line out your times and seasons and go, are they there? You know, it's very cloudy right now. You, you, you know, you just, these processes start to work. And this is how the foxes kind of weasel in and start to chew on the vine, you know. And they start to try to sever your connection between the branches and the vine. And I began, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it because we're family. I began to despair. It became dark very quick. I mean, because payroll, all these things, insurance, rent, operating costs continue to roll in regardless.
And, and so Alice and I, I, she was such a rock and so consistent. We, we just kept looking at options and, okay, what are we going to do? You know, like, this is a challenge. Christmas is coming up. We're going to be off work more, et cetera. And, and I got really discouraged. And, and just last year, laying out some of my goals, I had a certain number of technicians I want to have by a certain time. I just abandoned that altogether. I was like, well, honey, maybe, maybe God doesn't want me to have this business. And this is a reality between a husband and wife. You know, like, I know you've had the conversation, so it's okay to just say it and air it out. But she goes, Israel, you built on the rock. He didn't, he didn't build this for you. For, you built it with God. God built this business. He didn't build it so he could just be stripped away and lost, you know, and six people's livelihoods affected. I, I would be the seventh. Uh, so she stood. And, and what I'm so grateful for and, and what I really want to encourage you to do is to be in a prophetic community. Many of you come to church here, and, and, and I'm glad you do, but if you're visiting, I want to tell you, you will not sustain through those tough seasons if you're not engaged with the prophetic voice of the Lord. It will both speak to you into your spirit direct and will also come through people. I'm so grateful. Like Kevin came up to me, no knowledge of anything, twice, and just gave me words that blew me off my feet. Like, whoa. And, and at one point, I just said, I just need a hug, man. Like, I need a big hug. You know, he's a father-type figure. I just need a hug. I, I stopped by, anybody know Mike White who does the ushering? I walked by him one time in worship, and, and he goes, hey, Israel, you know, how's it going? And I looked at him, and I just said, it's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's not church language right there, okay? We're in upper room. You're full of joy right now. You know, I command it. The heaven says it. You're in his presence. You can't, have, you can't be terrible. Come on now. I'm not going to play around with that stuff. We're human. We have flesh. Spirit has been saved. Soul is being saved. That flesh will be saved. We'll have a new body. I won't be terrible anymore on the other side. But I was terrible in that moment. And you know what? I, I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't even express with words. And worship was going on and the band was playing and there were people dancing. How many times have we heard Jeremy say in the last month, you could be sitting right next to someone who is in despair, hurting. And, and so I was right back there. And, and some of y'all were up here. But it's okay because we're family. And Mike White, I couldn't even express. He's like, if you can't talk about it, I'm just going to pray. And, and he just prayed. And then I don't know where Wade is, but Wade, <laughs> there, there he is. <laughs> he, he comes... Another, another gentleman comes, he has this red, he has a red toboggan on, or a red sock hat, I call it sometimes, just out of the blue, and Allison's standing close, and he just starts to bring this word from the Lord, and I don't even know the guy, you know, so I'm always have a little bit half guard up, you know, like, whoa, whoa, you know, it's a little Heisman, like, you know, oh, if it's Ryan Crowell, no problem, we're like this, but I don't know, you know, so I'm like half guard, but like, uh, he just brings this word from the Lord of encouragement and, and really, the truth be told, it was all about my identity. Because when you go through a tough season, the first thing you forget is your identity. It's what the enemy desires to whittle away at. He wants to chip away at. And if, he, if, he, if his strategy really works, he can separate you from the flock. But I, I'm grateful to my dad and mom because from a young age, be in church. My dad, my dad always instilled that in us. And I mean... 
At the time, it was with a belt. But later on, <laughs> we, we actually, we wanted to be there, you know. I mean, that, that's just, I'm, I'm dating myself there. The belt. Yeah, be in church, guys. It wasn't today's, hey, little Jimmy, I know you're having a moment. Express yourself. You don't want to go to church today, you know. It wasn't that. It was like, well, pow, get in the truck, get in the van. Anyway, we went to dinner with our good friends, the stringers that are sitting right over here in December. We scheduled a double date. Some of y'all need to remember what that is. Get with friends, get with family. Go on a date. Not, go with your spouse and go with friends. Go with friends. As you get older, sometimes you circle the wagons and there become fewer and fewer wagons. Okay? I want a big circle to protect my life, my family, and the treasures that God has put in them. Not a small one. So continue to be engage one another in relationship, as busy as you are. So we went to dinner, and uh, I mean, we're enjoying ourselves. <laughs> we found this little spot, and then we went to a restaurant, and we had dinner. And Allison just started, she started sharing what was going on and just saying, you know, this is where we're at. This is where Israel's at, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, Jonathan, uh, you know, he's, he's very prophetic. And he's like, oh, I just hear that there's come an indictment on the goodness of the Lord. Like, that's, that's what's happening, Israel. Like, just prophetically eyeballed it, just said, what's happening here is a lie, trying to come in saying God is not good. And if you've been here long, you know that that's, that's a paramount and chief tenet of this congregation. I've preached it many times. God is good. And, and you know, right in that moment, at the dinner at this decent little restaurant in McKinney, I should begin to confess and repent for being in agreement with the natural circumstances of sowing and reaping and getting discouraged by the circumstances. You cannot judge God based on your seasonal circumstances because they will pass, but he will remain the same. And in that moment, I really feel like things just broke. Uh, I, I could feel in the supernatural that the enemy was not happy because I would just totally broke agreement with the whole, the whole previous three months of, of just this dark shadow. I told Allison, I don't know if any of y'all seen Lord of the Rings, but you remember the king of uh, Rohan of the horse riders? Remember how he had to get delivered, you know, with the Gandalf had to come in there? And the guy looked bad, you know? I mean, he looked really bad. He looked like 50 years older, wrinkles, and, and, and then Gandalf kind of, you know, manipulated him with the, you know, anyway. But that's what I felt like. I felt like I was under such a heaviness and a weight and a darkness. And, and after that dinner, it just, it just broke. Amen? I'm telling you this to glorify the Father. Because no matter what season you're in, he is intimately concerned with every seed you've sown. They lay before him and he knows every, every seed you've sown. You're his son and his daughter. I have kids and, and I can tell you right now, I see their efforts. I see their pain. I see their delight. I see their celebration. And I see when they lament. And all of it, the whole spectrum, is precious to me as their dad. Like, it's important to me to try and help them navigate those things. While you're sowing... In any area of your life, where your feet tread is where God begins to release authority and dominion. Okay, so, so hear that. 
if you sow, if you choose to sow, it's an action that requires you to tread. And where you tread, because Hebrews says that he's putting everything under your feet, that's how you begin to be, have the dominion of the kingdom over that field and that sphere. Okay? So, sometimes people want to reap where they have not sown at all in the natural. And it's, it's a little bit, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Think of the process, the old, not now, where you go to the grocery store in Kroger, but way back. If you had to sow into the field, what are your feet doing? They're treading on that ground. Now, Jesus was given all authority, and he's given the authority to us. But if you don't go out, you cannot reap anything. That's why he says there's, a, there's, there's harvests of souls waiting, and we have to engage, right? That, that burrito store with the brown signs, you know the one, tasty. I got a call last week, two weeks ago, from a, a plumber. He goes, hey, Israel, I'm in a jam. I was like, what's going on? I hadn't done any business with him. He said, I have a burrito store in Fort Worth, and the city has shut their water off, <laughs> and they cannot open, and corporate is freaking out, and uh, I could use your help. And I said, ah, interesting. <laughs> he goes, I will pay you on the spot, credit card check, whatever you want. I said, okay. But as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, I said, listen, Jason, I'm not interested in a one-off. I can solve your problem for you, and you know that. That's why you called me. What I'm interested in is leverage. We'll get this burrito store open, but I don't just want one burrito store. I want all the rest back. That's a totally different plumbing company. He's like, I hear what you're saying. I, in fact, when, when the Spirit of God falls on you, you just begin to rise up, and the authority of heaven just begins to manifest in your conversation. So I said, I'm not telling you how to do your business. That's an Israeli tactic. I'm from the Middle East. Because I was definitely telling him how to do his business. But in the Middle East, they do that a lot. I said, I'm not telling you how to run your business. But what you need to do is tell them, we will take care of this. But we want a shot at the other 60 or 70 stores in the Metroplex. He goes, I hear you, man. I want him too. Let, let me see what I can do. So at 10 a.m., I'm sitting at my desk. And because I do have a problem with paying attention for a long period of time, I, I, I'm, I have like the things I'm going to do that day and I get this call and I'm like, you know what? There really aren't any other technicians to take care of this right now. And I hop in my truck and I told him I'd be there by 1130. And he's like, you got to talk to the city, man. You know, these, these people are freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. So I hop in my truck and I'm over there about 1128. In the meantime, the city inspector, I do talk to him. He's like, yeah, we've locked them out. We're tired of it. The health department comes in, slaps a big fat yellow sign on the door, says, this, this location will be closed. You cannot come in here. The doors are locked. I, and, and they call me freaking out a second time going, man, the, the city inspector just left. Israel. What do you, you know, are you coming or what? I said, yeah, no problem. You're trading on my relationship. He already called me. He unlocked the meter. He hasn't turned it on yet, but he said as soon as I get there to call him, he trusts me to go test it. I was like, that's who you're dealing with because that's the reputation we've cultivated. God's children... I mean, how big is our edge in business? How, how big should it be? I mean, I don't know. If you start thinking percentages, you got the Holy Ghost. If you're a nurse, a teacher, a business person, 
construction, whatever it might be, sales. Someone said secret, secret spirit, secret sauce. I go over, I, I solve the problem. The regional manager is in the store. Well, I mean, I, you don't miss opportunities like that if you understand sales. So he goes, are you going to help us out? And I was like, I am going to save the day. But by the way, the plumbing company you called, they use us as their, their primary vendor. You need to put him at every store. Look what we're doing for you today. He goes, I hear you, man. Get this taken care of. In an hour, we have it wrapped up. I filed the paperwork with the city. The city inspectors are happy. The, the awesome Fort Worth health department officer is rolling back. She comes in. She checks things out. We have a nice chit-chat. She makes sure all the you know, documents are in order. She pulls that ugly sign off the door. And while the sign was on there, I'm telling you, they lost so much business. People coming at lunchtime. And then the young people started to show up. And I was there. And I mean, you just got to use sales. If you understand sales, you just got to use everything God provides to you, okay? The young people were like getting mad. And then they took a picture. And I went, uh oh said, y'all are getting posted now. That's going on social media. Just to, you know, you got to make sure they understand the severity of the situation, you know. So the young people were definitely taking a picture, you know, getting on their phone. And, and I was like, whoa, that's bad. You know, the whole neighborhood might know the health department's been here. Because you don't know what the health department sign is. Is it rats or is it the water's off, you know? You really don't know. They don't specify. So the health department gets it taken care of. The company calls me. They're elated. And I told the guy, I said, our job is to make you look like a rock star, like the best plumbing company in town. And, and just, just be released right now in your vernacular, okay? You are the sons and daughters of the almighty God, of, of the heavenlies. He holds everything, the stars and the galaxies in his hand, and you're his son and daughter. So expand your vernacular to include the Almighty and His abilities, not your own. Just talk Him up is my point. He's able. Where we're not able, He's able. He's able to take the seed you sown. He brings the increase. That's in the Word. He brings the increase. So we get it resolved. That was two weeks ago. Tuesday of this week, the emails start rolling in. Hey, Israel, we got a burrito store for you to come do. Hey, Israel, we got another burrito store for you to come do. Hey, Israel, we got another... Yeah, just give the Lord a hand. I mean, it's okay. It's okay, God. It's, it's okay. He, he, you can make money. It's all right. These lights got to stay on. Staff has to be paid. Children's work. I mean, it's okay. It's okay for his storehouse to be full. It's okay so we get the prayer sets back going and, and there's, there's a ability to use the building more than a couple days. It's okay. He's okay with you making money. Trust me, I've gone to jobs and I've left and just gone, man, this has to be heaven because I don't understand what I just made just now. It, it was just, uh, it's almost like it's obscene, but you know what? It's, it's his kingdom. It's his kingdom. If he desires to drop it on you or drop it in your lap, your only response if you get a massive gift that's packaged really well is to do this. I, I used to, when the gift came, I had my hands in my pockets because I had bad theology and bad understanding. Because my primary goal was thinking about the budget and how do I pay the bills, not how do I make the maximum I can make with heaven. And then take what's left over. Eventually, we're not there yet, but we're catching up. Scaling is happening. Take what's left over and begin to sow it into the need because there are always needs. I've often just sat there and gone, God, Lord, there's more need than there are resources. Why? Why does that have? Why? Why is that? 
It's your house, God. Now, there's a natural struggle there. There's a tension between seasons, and that's okay. As children, we grow. We mature, right? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just finish up here. I'm just going to do, I, I just, some of you have what I call sewing fatigue. Okay, sowing fatigue. You've sown and you haven't seen a harvest. You haven't reaped a harvest and your heart can become hard and discouraged about sowing again. Sowing is an act of engagement. Reaping is an act of engagement. If I asked you who would like to have more time and resources to sow into the kingdom of God, just, just let me know by a show of hands. Now let me ask you the second question. You raise them really quick. Who would like to reap more time and resources from the kingdom of God? If your heart leaped within you on the first question, it should also leap within you on the second question. Because you are reaping what was sown into the ground of Golgotha. The seed that went into the ground and died, and the resurrected Jesus is the currency you're trading on. You're trading on his reputation, on his authority. You show up, you're stamped in mark. It's like you have the ring on your finger. People, the fields have to submit. They have no choice but to submit to the authority that God laid out in Genesis, saying you will sow and you will reap. The fields, they, they, a lower authority always has to submit to a higher authority. It's that simple. If we're walking in a higher authority, which God has given you, it's not something mysterious that I have to get. Jesus is on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, unveiling the mysteries of heaven as you walk through the fields where you sow and reap. And he loves that intersection between heaven and earth. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Corinthians 9 says, but this I say to you, he who soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. If you were to summarize this morning, I would want you to remember what we said about worship because your 2024 has already, worship has already gone ahead of you and it's reached the heavenlies as an aroma. And, and the battle is not your own. That Jehoshaphat story, the battle was not their own. God gave them a supernatural victory over those three historic foes that came and wanted to make war on Judah. The other thing is, what I want you to remember is that he loves your engagement. You can move the heart of an almighty God. Your action, your steps, you're putting your hand out, can move the almighty God. You know, when you see Jesus' first miracle, it's his mom, right? <laughs> but there's natural circumstances that create a vacuum and a draw on heaven on the supernatural. They were out of wine. That's a big deal at a wedding, especially in the Middle East, especially when they go for days. So that natural vacuum, the natural circumstances, your natural circumstances will create a draw on the heavenlies. And Jesus himself gave us an example that the heavenlies are moved by natural circumstances. His mother is prophesying 
do what he says you to do. Get these certain amount of containers, fill them, do everything he tells you to do, and Jesus is gonna turn water into wine. Even though he says, it's not even my time, why, why are you? But that is the heart of the Lord and Savior that we serve. It's so big, so vast, so deep, so wide. So I just don't want anyone in the house to abandon that process of sowing and reaping into people's lives, into your work, into your health, into your church, into the prayer room. Do not be discouraged. God is still good. He hasn't changed. Amen? Can we, can we stand? I want Israel just to pray for everybody in the room as we just head out. And if, this, if you felt like this was for you, just extend your hands. Such a good word. We just receive it. Yes, Lord. I just thank you for the testimonies of the righteous God. I thank you for just what you've done, the miracles that you've done in, in my own business, in my own life in the last few months, God. I thank you that each and every person in this room, Lord, and as a community would experience the supernatural invading earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that we would be hungry for dominion and exercised authority in the name of Jesus. And that in this process of sowing and reaping, God, you would make manifest the harvest. You would bring about the reaping, Lord. We'd be as hungry for reaping as we are for sowing, God that you would awaken the hearts of those that have disengaged, that have pulled back, even from their relationship with you, God, that you would awaken the hearts, revitalize with joy, revitalize with delight this morning. Lord, we just declare we are people that are gonna draw near to you and you draw near to us. We're gonna delight ourselves in you, God. And then the delights and the secrets and the mysteries of heaven and the celebration is gonna overwhelm our senses. Just release this word, Lord, into good ground this morning. Release it into good ground this morning so that it can bear fruit for your kingdom and, and also just for our delight, God. We just want to delight. We want to be a people that are full of just the delight of heaven, the blessings of heaven, Lord. It's, it's, it's almost like Christmas every day is what I'm seeing. Just, it, it, to be with him is like Christmas every day. It's like opening a present. What do you have for me today, God? What, do I, what, can, I, what can I bring to you today? Thank you that we present ourselves as living sacrifices, Lord. And when we make those altars and sacrifice to you, there's an aroma that reaches you and it moves your heart. In Jesus' name.